My name is Vidli and I'm co-founder and editor-in-chief of Smashing Magazine, which is an online magazine for designers and developers. with Dan on a new creative direction for the big relaunch that the magazine uh, is going to have actually next Thursday. But this is going to be open beta and then we're going to go release. Yeah, so Dan is mostly responsible for designs, for mock-ups, for like art direction and also kind of looking into where should magazine evolve in terms of the branding and also in terms of the its presence of visual identity, so to say. So we kind of wanted to discover on our own what the new Smash magazine should be like, and this is where Dan helped us. So you had a magazine that you've been running for a couple of years. What, when did it start? So it started. All, it all started back in 2006, in September 2006, with the almost okay. naked WordPress theme. So, you know, this is how far we've come so far. <laughs> where all good publications start, right? True, true. Well, right. I guess so. <laughs> uh, so, so you had a, a site. You've had a site that you've been running for for years since then. But there were a couple of problems to solve in the new site. So, can you talk a little bit about that? What did What did you want changed? What did you need different? What was broken? What was on your wish list? Things like that. So, one of the main issues that we had is that we always were running out of space, like literally space on the site. In terms of layout, it was a big problem. So, the magazine, as it when it emerged, it was all about you know publishing content. Then we kind of found a way of how to monetize the content. And so, obvious idea was to actually run advertising on it. And there was always this important separation between content and advertising. So, we would never do you know sponsored articles. We would never kind of try to in any way compromised editorial integrity as we called it, right? But then of course, uh, we had more and more ads, the advertising became more and more important to us. It was actually the thing that helped us survive for all these years. Um, I mean, not survive, more like thrive, I guess. Uh, that would be another way of saying, putting it. <laughs> but it has become extremely important and obviously took a lot of space on the site, right? So in terms of layout, we had a huge sidebar where lots of ads just were placed in. And so over time, we discovered that advertising revenue is not the only thing that we should be relying on. So we tried to diversify. We started working on our products, ebooks, books, conferences. And we also had this idea of creating a new product, which was the membership. And we found that it was very hard for us to push our products because we dedicated most of the available space to content, which we wanted to dedicate. You know, this was supposed to be like taking most of the hot, like uh, most of the spotlight on the page. But also the another part, which was really remarkably visible, uh, was the ads. And we couldn't just dismiss the ads. So we had to figure out a way to display our products in a proper way as well. And at the same time, uh, we always felt like if we want to evolve the magazine, like for example with the membership, it's kind of difficult to find a place where the membership as a product could be displayed properly. So we would need to do some major changes because it just didn't work in the, in the old layout. It was super responsive and super flexible and everything, but in the end we just couldn't deal with this fact alone. But then the other thing, from a technical perspective, which was also a big driver for the redesign, was the fact that we were running different platforms, so using different platforms for different things. We were using, our job board was running on Ruby, it was a separate development. Been using Magento for a while, then we moved to Shopify for the magazine and for the shop, um, like we were selling books and stuff. And the magazine and its own was running on WordPress, right? So 
integrating all of this content somehow to present them nicely in the magazine was a lot of work. It was just horribly tough. So because we wanted to display the products prominently and highlight them, we needed a way to integrate everything in one place. And this is where the relaunch, you know, the thought of a relaunch came into place. And at the same time, we're thinking also about kind of not just rebranding because we want to rebrand because we felt like, you know, we need, just need to do a redesign, but more like uh, it felt that we want to explore what else we could do. Right? So we want to explore how people see us, our readers see us. Uh, we want to kind of be there in terms of reinventing or rethinking the way the publishing should look like or appear you know, in 2017. Well, it was 2016 or 15 when we started doing it. It was more like 2016. But it was really about thinking, rethinking, re-envisioning of the way we should be producing content and how we should be highlighting the products. What led you to Super Friendly to help with that? To be honest, I've been, I, you know, I've known Dan's work for many years. So it wasn't like, hey, let's just Google somebody who you know, knows stuff. I've been respecting the work you've been doing and I've been respecting the, you know, the, the, the articles that you publish even on your blog where you kind of share your process openly, um, the process, the methodology, the workflow. Uh, it felt like in many ways uh, we could be experimental, we could be creative, we could be trying to break out of what we consider to be like all those good old classic layouts, right? And so I felt like if we want to really try to explore and try something crazy and experimental just to see what, you know, what works and what really fits with our brand, then dance work would be just a great fit for it. Uh, and this is what actually eventually cool. led us to you. I know we talked for a long time, for years, about things like this, about responsive design, about workflows. I've spoken at your conferences. We've talked, we've, I've written as part of your books. And so getting this to try out that process in action, how did it go? Was it true to form? Was there something unexpected? How did it go? Yeah, that's a very good question because this is actually also a reason why we, what was important for me to kind of play out because I just wanted to work with you, to be honest, uh, at some project because, you know, we've been, uh, because I'm also writing, you know, articles and I'm also contributing to books and we are a publisher. So we uh, want to also preach what we are saying, right? So it was kind of important for us to look into, okay, if we do have stick to this workflow, which is what we believe in. And, and because I'm running consultancy, I'm kind of trying to implement some bits here and there that you are talking about and, uh, you know, Brad is speaking about and so on and so forth. But kind of looking into, okay, so what would the process be like in a pretty big project like, you know, redesign or relaunch of Smashing Magazine? And so it was really actually fun, I would say, because uh, I think that one of the first conversations we had is, Dan, I want you to break things. That's right. <laughs> And I remember sending you a screenshot of the some probably the weirdest flash-alike layout I've ever created in my life, which was all weird and crazy corners and circles. And I don't know, you said, okay, this is not maybe not the best way of doing this, but I know what you mean. I remember that. That was yeah. um, an interesting conversation. So it was kind of interesting to look into beyond the scope of what you would, what you would normally do, right? And... Uh, tr really try to break out an experiment or something that would maybe match our vision but also kind of be creative enough to not bore you let me put it this way awesome I, I can say from my perspective it was also a lot of fun on my end one of the things that I try to do on every project but I think we really did a lot on this one was even though it was a small project that we did it was really about what is the thing that is unique to smashing as a brand 
And I, yeah, I know from being part of many conferences that, that you've done that there's a certain vibe, there's a certain tone that comes across in the smashing events. And that wasn't really coming through on the site. So I know for the first couple of weeks when we were working on this, it was really about exploring how do we get that energy, you know, kind of off kilterness, this quirkiness that, that comes from the events and, and honestly from you and your brand and, and the, the whole entire Smashing brand, not just the events, but the books, the, the magazine, all, all of it. And how do we infuse all of that stuff into the website? And I know I know a lot of that, you know, if, if we can speak candidly, is was uncomfortable for both of us to kind of figure out, like, what does it actually look like? So maybe you could talk a little bit about that from your perspective. Like we, we landed on colors and typography that were a bit non-traditional, things like that. Maybe you can say how, how you were reacting to that. Yeah. So um, I think it was all about maybe in the beginning it was more, um, really all about resolving my in my inner conflict to be honest and also my, maybe our company's conflict and the reason why is because we've been doing going this direction trying to become a, an established well-respected professional magazine professional publication which is when, when you when you, you know when you hear things like that a professional respected publication supposed to be kind of serious kind of formal kind of maybe boring in a way to be honest Right, and this was kind of one thing that was important for me as you know editor in chief to kind of to move to this direction to become this source of information where people could trust and rely on. Right, on one side, on the other side, we always been a little bit weird in a way, a little bit creative, as I would put it, creative literally, like crazy and creative in a way, and then really being willing to experiment and do things that nobody has done before. Uh, it could be things like planking with audience on stage at a conference. Or it could be something like, uh, I don't know, having lots of cats and thousands, literally thousands of balloons in a venue so it all bursts, bursts at the same time. All kind of stuff like this. And obviously, this was not coming through on the site at all. Because when we designed it uh, with LRJ Stocks, um, and it was 2012 when we actually launched it, I mean, we didn't even have a conference at the time. I mean, we were actually, the first conference took place in September 2012. So we didn't really have any appearance outside of the scope of the books and the magazine. Right? So once we got there, when we became public, uh, it was kind of an interesting thing. And for me, it was really important to rediscover uh, what it actually means to be smashing at this point. Uh, right? Because you know, when we started talking to people as well, and you know, we, when you started kind of looking at what the brand means, you started talking to me about things which were really surprising to me because I didn't see smashing this way like ever before at all. Like what? What's an example? Informal, quirky. This is the stuff that you think you mentioned. Because I would never say, you know, if somebody asked me what, what is smashing, I would probably say, you know, reliable, professional, this kind of thing. I would never say playful or quirky or I would probably say friendly and open-minded but not you know, quirky, that's definitely not something I would use. And, and this in the end reflected in pretty much everything we did. This had a tremendous impact on the entire workflow and also on the decisions we made along the way. Because I was not very happy with the decisions we made <laughs> in the beginning. Like the choice of the typeface or like the color scheme or even sometimes layout. I felt like this is not quite right. But one thing that was really kind of resonated quickly with me at the same time was the fact that it was all about community. Right, And so when you said, well, we should be highlighting people behind the scenes, we should be highlighting this tone and this kind of feeling of community. And as a result, we ended up having the biography, which is often a byline somewhere at the bottom of the page, becoming one of the most prominent parts or components on the page because it's now coming before the article comes in. And whenever I run tests, 
people hate it. They really do. They feel like, oh, this is out of, play, out of place, this is, should not be there. But I totally believe that it should be there because it really kind of reflects the brand as well. And I think this really matches well with what we wanted to achieve in the first place. So I think that this is really, really important, even although some people might need some time to get used to it, right? And so for me, it was all kind of this weird process when I felt, felt like, okay, I'm, you know, we are going to look into what Dan is going to propose and then I'm going to be very critical and then I'm going to look into it and step back and rethink. Because we, we went back and forth about the typeface, for example. And we went right. back and forth about all the different explorations that you proposed. And what I found really interesting, though, is that whenever I said, well, this is not going to work or this is not good because whatever, uh, you really challenged me, which made me think about maybe, hmm, maybe, yeah, maybe it could be working at a certain point. And it was the same with Sarah Suidan as well, when she started coding. And sometime, at some point, she felt like this layout I mean, we, we, we just can't do it with CSS. And then she started talking to you, and then you pushed back and you said, of course, you probably can do something like that. And then she came to me and said, well, you know, we can't do it this way. It's going to be very dirty code. And I said, you know, I, I like dirty code. That's perfectly fine as long as it works. <laughs> and so she was kind of pushed to navigate in this weird space. And in the end, she came up with a beautiful solution, right? Um, well, at least she thinks now that it's beautiful, I think. Yeah. Um, not sure if it's actually beautiful, but it's really, really cool. <laughs> no, I think it is. And I think this is a this is a, a good point that you bring up. We should talk a, a little bit about the collaborators too, because you know, I know I remember when we were talking about like what makes smashing different than all the other the web magazines that are out there and and publishing sites that are out there on this topic. One of the things in talking with Sarah about this was we really need to highlight the authors. You know, the authors and the community really are, are a big part of what makes Smashing Smashing. And no other magazine does celebrates that in, in the same way. So I think that it was a risky move on your part. You know, it was easy for me to just design something, right? It's just a comp, <laughs> you know, let's put it there. But you had to make the final decision and say, all right, yeah, we're going to actually do it this. And even to say, even though it tests poorly, I believe in this idea. And I think it's a thing that people need to get used to. So it might, while it might fail an initial test now, it's something that as people see more and more, I believe in this concept. And, you know, and again, we will see if that actually, if that actually plays out. But I think the strength of that kind of collaboration and how we worked on it, like really led those ideas to kind of bubble up to the top. So maybe in that vein, you could talk a little bit about, you know, there's a, a much larger team that's working on it. What are all the other pieces, you know, that, that, that I haven't even seen and ha I haven't been involved in? Yeah, so this has been a very long project. I mean, it's probably been the longest I had so far. I've been working on it, I think, from maybe August, September 2015. Uh, like, not, of course, not full-time, but, you know, all the bits and everything came together very slowly. So when we started working uh, on the project, we, we've been kind of doing creative explorations with Andrew Clark. And at this point, we're kind of looking into, okay, how can we change the layout? What, need, what do we need to do? We actually also set up a pattern library at the time. And we kind of looked into, okay, what would be the scope? What would uh, Smashing look like potentially, right? Um, and we did a lot of comps and we went from, you know, one thing to another. And in the end, we had some really interesting prototypes that we could test as well. And then we thought, okay, let's maybe try something very different. Let's try, we have this, which is great. Major parts of what we established already for this process are going to obviously end up in the final design as well. But what if we try to do something way crazier? Something that's totally way off, uh, where people would say, this is not okay, 
right? I kind of, in the beginning, remember this conversation, I thought, no, we should, you know, have something that people come, come and say, you know, this kind of thing, where people have kind of maybe didn't expect it or they feel like it's out of place or out of place or, or it just feels weird in a way or it's really this amazing wow effect, right? And I remember you telling me, why do we need to do this? Why? Shouldn't it be just, you know, readable? Because in the end, it's all about the magazine. And we had this conversation back and forth and I felt like, again, we need to highlight the products in a nice way. Even if you have like a full width ad for the you know, for the product should still feel like it's a part of the experience, should not feel like an ad, right? And we kind of, it was really an important part of the design as well. So now, this is why now everything is really nicely organized and neatly organized together, put together, integrated together. And then of course, it was only one part. The visual design took a while, but then we also had to kind of figure out a way of how to integrate everything. So we've been working with Sarah, who was the front-end developer, and she basically made it all happen. And she believed so much in the vision, which is incredible, that I think just during this process of building the site, she probably has become a UX specialist and, <laughs> and a visual designer just through this process. Because she yes. kept coming up with ideas and saying, you know what, I think that Dan wanted to express this in his design because, you know, we had some mock-ups that were just not finished yet. And, you know, there are so many fine details always that you need to, you know, tweak at the end. So she felt like, oh, I think that Dan would love to do this. And then she would go to you. I guess at least this is what I, you know, right. what, what, I was, uh, what she was saying. She would go to you and then she would get some really quick feedback and then she would continue designing mock-ups, which is, you know, she's a front-end developer, but... You know, and then over time, she also became the UX specialist because she also felt like maybe we should move these things around to change the you know flow and things like that. And she's been incredible. Like I feel like if I look back now, it was like a really, really like a dream team. I don't Absolutely. think I don't think we can. I, I ever had a better team, if you ask me. And then of course, once this was kind of in place, more or less, or while this was being done, uh, we also had Netlify guys, Matthias. Uh, Billman, who is the architect of this new stack that we moved to, because technically everything has changed uh, with the, you know, or will be changing with the with the relaunch. So it's a very different architecture. I don't know if I should go into details here or not because it would take another twenty minutes. <laughs> but it was really more about uh, integrating everything nicely, and this is where he was spending literally endless nights making it all happen and building it up from scratch, which was really amazing for us. As well, uh, I don't think uh, that many companies or many uh, projects have this chance because we could do whatever we wanted. We could have a, just any e-commerce experience we wanted, move things around, change flows entirely. This is not what you can usually do if you're relying on things like Magento or Shopify. You have yeah, certain right. things that just you know exist, and I mean you can change them, but it will require a lot of work, right? And here we just from st start started really totally rethink what the publishing should be what the editorial experience should be, what the article should look like, also what the e-commerce experience should look like, what the job board should look like, all this stuff, which was really great. I, I mean, I had a good time. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're talking about just user experience overall for our brands, right? Not just UX of a website or UX of the e-commerce experience, but really what's the user's experience with Smashing as a brand, wherever those touch points are. Yeah, so it was really all about touching those touch points and kind of looking into how we can make things better. And then in the end, now that this is probably the part that you haven't noticed, I've been also working with Ilya Puchalski from who is now living in Amsterdam, living in Amsterdam, 
who's been kind of helping us resolve all the existing issues and bugs and you know things like that. Basically, you know, fixing things in JavaScript, fixing things in CSS, and stuff like that. Uh, because Sarah has moved on to other projects now as well. And he is also incredible. And he is, I don't know why, it's probably like some something in the code or in the design must be poisoned. Because he's also now becoming a designer or UX you know, specialists kind of moving things around and suggesting some fixes, even in places where I feel like maybe, okay, I mean, we could do this, but it's not like we have to, right? So this, I mean, everything together, it's like, uh, it's been incredible. Because every single time, sometimes I, I found myself, even when, when you were submitting COPS, because we had a time difference, and when Sarah was working on a project, because she would wake up very early, I would find myself waking up, I don't know, maybe at 3 or 4 a.m. local time, my time, just to see if Dan submitted something. <laughs> and then I would do the same thing for Sarah, when, you know, did she submit the, uh, any code? And now I'm doing the same thing for Matt, because he's living in San Francisco, and I spend most of my time in Europe. And I think, oh, maybe he committed, you know, this service worker fix or whatever. So this is what keeps me busy, I guess, at night. Well, it sounds exciting. It sounds like you should also get more sleep, but it also sounds like you're excited for it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Nice. And, and I don't know if this is confirmed or true, but I hear rumors of a progressive web app or something like that on the Smashing side too. Yeah. yeah so at this point, this is just a given. I mean, there is no, nothing else to do, I think. It's not that hard for us because we already moving on, um, we already moved to HTTP2 actually a year ago or so. And so we are running on HTTPS and we've been using service workers for almost a year as well. I've been working with Cloud4 and with Jason Rigsby and Eliza Gardner uh, on it. So it's been around for a while. Uh, so at this point, it's just moving you know, from an existing setup that we already have on the new one. And service workers already running and manifest is running. So it's basically a progressive web app, yes. So because it's just at this point, it's just five minutes to, you know, to get to progressive web app. So why not? Sure. Awesome. Well, as we round out, thank you. This is all great, great info. As we round out, just a couple of questions for you. What could we have done differently? As you look back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. What what should we have done differently? What are some things that you're like, oh, I wish this could have gone a, a different way? Well, that's a good question. I think at this point, I, I well, first of all, I have nothing to complain about. I feel like I probably should have dedicated a bit more time to kind of be right on the project because we it felt like sometimes the the timing is a bit off because uh, you know I'm speaking at a conference or you don't get any feedback from me for two days or maybe you've been busy on something for a couple of days and then it's always very difficult to plan you know because we you know you never know how much time it's going to take but maybe being there just fully dedicated for um, you know feedback or anything else that could have been done better apart from this I, th I really don't know I feel like also maybe one of the things that I would have done differently would be to set up all the flows, all the touch points early on. So they kind of emerged ah, okay. over time, right? Where we kind of started looking at, okay, so do we need to maybe change the checkout experience after all? So some of the things actually came a bit later after the design was already there. So maybe I could have done this better as well because when you had to redo or redesign or rebuild some parts already, I mean, nothing major, but still, uh, this may be. But except beyond that, I don't think I would change anything. Cool. Well, last question for you. For other clients, prospective clients that are thinking about working with Super Friendly, what should they know? What should they be prepared for? What should they, I mean, you already touched on a little bit of this, but what should they be looking out for? I think that uh, one thing that many clients 
probably will not be expecting when they start working with you is the fact that when they propose something, they really have a good, have a, need to have a good argument, a good reason why they want this change. And so quite often when, when you propose something, you will be you know, getting a very straight response from you, uh, which is going to be very simple and it's probably going to contain just four letters. Why with, an with a, not exclamation mark, probably with, you know, with, with a question mark. And then they will have to explain why exactly they need this. And so I think it's important to kind of really have a clear understanding of what you want to achieve and uh, what you don't want to achieve as well. So kind of being aware of where your brand is placed or where your position is and how you want to be perceived. And this will be helpful. Beyond that, I mean, I've been, you know, we, I've, been, I've known your workflow for many years now, so I don't think it's, it was not a surprise to me to figure out, you know, how you would actually do this. Uh, but it might be useful to know, like, that you have to think about components early on. You should not think about, you know, the entire page layout first. This will be a part of it, but actually thinking components early on is really important, it's really, really helpful. One more thing I want to mention because I forgot two people working on the project and it would be unfair to them to not mention them. No, please. One of them is Marcus, who is sitting right next to me now. So he's basically, he's been the one who has been, well, guiding the project throughout all these months, right? Taking care of all the fine details like contracts and stuff like that, but also giving feedback, reporting issues, you know, even bug fixing and eventual CSS changes as well. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so this was important, obviously, to have somebody who, like Marcus, who would actually guide the project, like a managing project. And that was also an important role. And then also in the beginning, we had Marco, a front-end developer here at the company, who was basically uh, prototyping very quickly those components that Andrew Clark was developing or designing, right? So he was helping us as well a lot. And there must be a good number of people along the way as well that I just forgot. Well, obviously, we had usability testers everywhere, so... Poor souls, they had to click on buttons that, uh, that were not buttons but looked like buttons just because they were not ready yet. So, but yeah, right. it was a fun project. Looking forward awesome. to getting it out there. Yeah, me too. Vitaly, thank you for taking the time to, to talk about this stuff. I guess last thing for you, where can people check out the work? I mean, I know it's coming soon. Where can they do that? And then where can they tweet about you for all the things that they love and hate? Uh, well, you can always go to Smashing Magazine. I think it's some people will tweet about it when the relaunch comes out because, you know, I'm expecting interesting feedback from people who hate it and who like it. And the one thing that I really don't want to hear, and I hope I will not going to get it, is, eh, right? If mm. people say like, huh, well, then it's probably a bad thing. If somebody hates it, really hates it, or somebody really likes it, then probably we did a good job. I think. So if you want to stick around and look into the work uh, that has been done throughout 18 months, you can just go on smashmagazine.com and find, hopefully at the point when, uh, the time when uh, this interview gets out, you will find this red beast with lots of cats. We have approximately <laughs> around 50 cats on the site now. Illustrated that, cats, not living cats. That must be a world record. Um, I think we're going to get into World Guinness Book at this point. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks, Vitaly. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time. Have a good rest of the day. Thank you, Dan.